0: Okay, so let's get started then It's uh, 10 o'clock AM in Maui, Hawaii It's 1 o'clock Sunday afternoon on the West Coast And uh, you can do the math from there Nice to have you with us Good morning again And welcome to our third Ageless Wisdom teleconference Via the web and telephone, again, you have a choice. If you listen via the web, which is really the preferred way to do this, you can type in, as several people have done already, a question or a comment on any matter having to do with personal and spiritual development. And that's a pretty big area, too. That just doesn't mean psychology or philosophy. Uh, That could even be the implications of politics and how stressful it is to, to live in such a, Uh, a scary world, especially to be part of a country that wages war based on lies and tortures people. uh, We were watching on TiVo this morning here a uh, Bill Moyers journal episode where he was talking about the American embassy in Baghdad being built by slave labor, and it just goes on and on. That impacts us, so we can even touch on what other people might think of as politics, but many of us just think of as part of the comedy and tragedy of the human dilemma as we sort out who we are. And again, from a philosophical uh, point of view, that's really what's going on. Human beings dropping out of the sky into form uh, (laughs) having really no idea (coughs) who we are or what we're for. So if you're on the web, you can I encourage you to uh, use the uh, opportunity that you have there to type in a question. Be sure to include at least your first name in the city where you are so I can acknowledge you and we can have a good idea of where you are while you listen on the web. And, of course, the backup system is the telephone. You can always call in. And if you miss this event uh, or you're only able to hear part of it, the replay is available always on the web, beginning about 10 minutes after the end of the event. And just use that same link to come right back here for a replay. Or, as I said earlier uh, before we went live, you can always visit my website at theagelesswisdom.com. Remember the T H E, theagelesswisdom.com. Or, for that matter, michaelbenner.com. I've consolidated my two websites now. So either one of those addresses will take you to the same place, theagelesswisdom.com or michaelbenner.com. Click on Homepage and then click on Teleconference and all of the programs there, uh, all of the past programs will be archived there. Okay. So again, I want to thank you for joining us. Uh, we're set to go about an hour and then uh, uh, I'd like to do a meditation exercise at the end. So we may run a little bit over an hour. It just depends on how things go. Unlike radio, we can do pretty much anything we want here. I think that's part of why this is so cool. Let me quickly get a telephone count. Okay, so we have a few more people joining us on the telephone. Good morning. And uh, many people on the web. And I've got, uh, let's see, quite a few questions and comments already. Let me refresh that. So hello to all of you in Nevada. Hans uh, Branny, I just said hi to. John in uh, Van Nuys is with us this morning. And uh, thanks for the comments. Uh, Out of Pittsburgh, John is uh, calling, and Carol in La Habra. Nice to hear from you guys, and uh, uh, thanks for joining us, for being with us on the conference call this morning. As I as I said in my uh, email uh, invitation this week, and uh, I'm going to include some sort of commentary in the uh, the weekly newsletter that invites you to this event. Uh, I'd like to talk a little bit about the idea of net worth and how pathetic it is that we think of we we've been trained really to think of our value in terms of money and stuff, and uh, I, I did get an email back, I must tell you, from from uh, one person who thought that pathetic was too strong a word. And so we exchanged a couple of emails about the meaning of the word pathetic. <laughs> uh, the root word for pathetic, by the way, is pathos. And it really means capable of feeling an emotion. And it's an old Greek root. And uh, one might surmise that a couple of thousand years ago, Uh, especially men, were very proud of the fact that they were non-emotional, that they were not swayed by their emotions, which were thought to always be uh, contrary to logic and reason. So uh, it's really only been recently, even the last hundred years or less, that uh, we have understood that by learning to manage our emotions, to calm the emotional waters, that we can uh, uh, mine them and understand them and uh, extract, indeed, great wisdom from our emotional nature. So pathetic is not a bad word, really, uh, but it does tend to be, in addition to uh, pathos being an ability to uh, feel uh, your emotional feelings, it also carries a connotation of pity or sorrow or sadness. And that can be an approach to compassion, actually. So you could you could use the word pathetic in a compassionate way. And for the person who objected to my use of the word as uh, too critical and too negative, I think they found that uh, interesting, as did I. So I stay with pathetic. I, <laughs> I think it is pathetic uh, that uh, we're trained, educated, enculturated, Uh, to believe that our value only comes in terms of the appearance of things, that which we possess. And uh, that's rooted in control and capitalism, uh, moreover, materialism. And I'd like to comment on that uh, at the top of the call, and then we'll go to some of your comments and questions and see where we go from there. First, I'd like to update you on the situation at KPFK, because that's unfolding, uh, always surprising, And uh, you may want to share this with some of your friends who uh, have listened to Inner Vision and the Michael Benner Show with Doreen Key on KPFK over the 14 years that we were there and wondering what the deal is. And I think most of you know that initially we let go of Inner Vision in November to begin the paid podcast, Finding Yourself in Paradise and I'm going to uh, talk about that at the end of the call today briefly and make sure you know about that. That's that's the most exciting thing I've ever done, and it's a 99-cent podcast. It's crazy, silly, cheap, 99 cents, and I do it with my partner, Steve Snyder, and it includes a guided imagery meditation exercise every week, and uh, it's an automatic download. That's what a podcast is, just an automatic download, usually into iTunes, but there are other podcatchers, so to speak. And uh, so the plan was, you know, let's reach a larger audience. Let's go from radio, which is, you know, confined to Southern California, although KPFK does stream via the Internet. But why shouldn't we stream and go worldwide? The only challenge is the cost of broadband, so we attach a small delivery fee of 99 cents a week that you just put on your credit card or debit card. Well, KPFK came back to us in uh, late November and said, uh, okay, we get that. You want to give up InterVision, and you and Doreen are moving to Maui, and okay, but could you do another program? I want to make it clear that that was KPFK's uh, idea for us to do a different program. So as some of you, maybe all of you know, we began to do a different program at 3 o'clock on Friday afternoon called The Michael Benner Show with Doreen Key. We did a couple of those pre prerecorded uh, just because of logistical problems, but most of them were done live. We stayed in L.A. longer than we thought we were going to because of problems with cats and, and quarantine and getting our cats into Hawaii. We're here now, thank goodness, all of that's resolved. So I want to make clear, it was their idea for us to do a different show, and that program was a program about voluntary simplicity and self-reliance and getting off the grid and and, uh, being a little more independent. We talked about uh, uh, appropriate technology and uh, intentional living communities and it's a pretty cool show. Further, the general manager and the operations director both approved the budget to do a live program from Maui with nice, high-quality sound and uh, the ability to take telephone calls. Well, last week all of that was rescinded, and uh, they said we still want you on the air, but we want you to pre-record a program and mail it in, and uh, you know just burn it to a CD and mail it to us and we'll play it on KPFK at 3 o'clock on Friday afternoon. Well, Doreen and I sat down and thought about that and decided we really did not want to do that. I especially felt very strongly about not doing a telephone, I mean, uh, well, uh, what we used to call telephone talk shows. I did not want to do a talk show without telephone calls. I was afraid that uh, I would just start doing these pre-recorded programs to hear myself talk and end up being this uh, old, uh, washed-up, uh, bloviating uh, uh, pundit. Well, We have too much of that, and I wanted telephone calls and felt strongly about it. So I didn't get upset or angry. I just told them, nope. I mean, I've been a volunteer there for 14 years. We've never taken any money from KPFK at all, so. You know, I was willing to accept uh, the few thousand dollars it would take to buy the equipment, but uh, for a number of reasons. Uh, they rescinded that and uh, wanted us to do a pre recorded program. I said, no, not until we can figure this out. So that's where we are now. I wanted to bring you up to date, not to prolong this whole controversy. Uh, it does have an emotional charge for me of some sort, but. I guess I have mixed feelings about it. It's a complicated situation. So uh, a couple of weeks ago in, a, in, a, in its place, uh, KPFK ran one of Doreen's Profiles and Peace programs, an interview with Ray McGovern uh, that, that was great to hear on the radio again, still timely after uh, several months. And uh, they'll continue to do that, apparently, although last week we were preempted by an anti-war demonstration the anniversary of the invasion of Iraq was noted with special programming Uh, this Friday I don't know what they're going to do maybe another one of Doreen's profiles in peace, maybe a best to better show and how long they'll be doing that I cannot say again we remain at loggerheads over this issue I do not want to do a show that has no provision for live callers it just doesn't work for me for whatever reason so If you want to make your opinion known to KPFK, if you'd like to write a short email, and there's no indication that a long email is going to be any more persuasive, so uh, don't burden yourself. But a short email to uh, Armando Godino and uh, uh, maybe a telephone call to Armando, he would be the point man. He's the guy that decided to rescind and reverse the approval of the show. I don't feel strongly about it. I don't want you to do this for me so much. I I would like to see it resolved, but in the interim, we have this. Armando's email, by the way, is the letter A and then his last name, you know, the standard con- convention of first initial and last name, so the letter A and Godino is G, like Gulf, U-D-I-N-O. Goodino, just like it sounds. So, a goodino at kpfk. dot org. dot com. A goodino at kpfk.org. dot Shoot them an email, and just tell them how you feel about the show. And uh, don't, again, don't don't do this because I asked you to do it. Because you feel strongly about it. If it doesn't matter that much to you and you just as soon we go with this conference call on a weekly basis, uh, that's fine, too. I'm happy to do this. I I enjoy doing this. I love doing it. And although it's a little different of a format, uh, we can take questions and comments, and we will do that a little bit later in the hour. So uh, just out of curiosity, I want to refresh my browser here and see how many people have come on board. We have new people. Yeah, we got a bunch of new people that have jumped on board on the web. Good morning to you. And let me check the telephone, get a count from them. Okay, and uh, it looks like more than 90% of the people listening are doing it via the web, which I think is the smart way to do this and think of the telephone as a backup. And uh, as several people have done already, if you want to put a little question or comment, uh, in the box, do so, and uh, include your first name in the city where you are, and hit the submit button and I'll go to the uh queue for those questions and comments in just a little bit all right so uh i, I want to comment again on this idea of net worth It hit me like a ton of bricks last week. I was reading an article called "What's your net worth and uh I, I, I was just stunned as I, uh, as I realized that there is very little consciousness or awareness in our society, in our culture, especially this culture, the United States or the Western world, of net worth or a sense of your personal worth or value, your net assets, so to speak, uh, as being other than money and stuff, and when you get into a controversy like this, of course, uh, to some extent, to varying degrees, people have an emotional charge, and the stronger they feel about it, the more likely we are as human beings to create polarities and either or and everything or nothing and I don't want to do that because we all like money and stuff i mean let's <laughs> let's be clear about it. Uh, as somebody said I've been rich and I've been poor and rich is better Uh, the point of it all is that we do have to live in the world we do have to generate some income we have to sit down once or twice a month and pay those bills and there's just no question about the need uh, to have some kind of uh, what would a financial person say liquidity Okay, but the conspicuous consumption of keeping up with the Joneses the um, the identity the, the idea that I am the car that I drive or I am the clothes and the jewelry that I wear or I am my beautiful trophy wife or my handsome and uh, uh, prestigious uh, executive husband Uh, is absurd. It needs to be challenged directly. I think everybody has a sense of that, but most of us push it away. As you've heard me say before, we have fingerprint evidence and now DNA proof that each of us is unique. And yet, why is there such little interest in that uniqueness? Well, I think the reason there is very little interest Again, it's complex, but it starts with the promotion of identity as status, uh, the, the material objects that you have managed to acquire and possess and repair and, re- and replace. Uh, I mentioned it last week, but I'll give it another plug. Story of Stuff is a great little 20-minute video that I think you'll enjoy if you have... Yet to see it, go to storyofstuff.com at some point and uh, watch that little video. Uh, Very interesting. Uh, Good job on exposing not only the green side, but other aspects of the corruption that comes from being so materialistic and out of balance. So we have to live in the world. We have to be of the world. We have to be concerned with money. And I'd rather have a car that starts than one that doesn't. I'd rather have shelter with a roof that keeps me dry and warm than one that leaks. I'd rather have nice clothes than uh, shabby clothes like everybody else. Uh, but to do that in balance, and isn't that the key word between everything or nothing, between being a total materialist and totally committed to creating an appearance of who you are, as if we can be us our way through life, well, look at this car, that's who I am. Well, uh, look at uh, my country club membership or who I hang out with, that's who I am. That is pathetic. That does generate pity or sorrow because it's such an empty and hollow existence. I think we all know fabulously wealthy people that are miserable in spite of their wealth. Are there wealthy people who are happy? Yeah, sure. Uh, are there poor people desperately poor people that are happy yeah and uh, is it easier to be happy with money well I don't know sure seems to be but I'll tell you I've counseled enough people who were miserable in spite of their money and sometimes because of their money I've counseled people whose greatest stress and their biggest fear in life was either losing it all everything that they had acquired or Dealing with the emptiness that remains. Imagine doing everything that the American dream tells you to do. To to work hard, to go to school, to get a degree, to build a career, to get a nice house, to do all of that, and then to go beyond that even further and acquire stocks and bonds and so called security. We'll put security in quotes there. And still In your quietest of moments, continue to have a gnawing emptiness in the center of your being that remains unfulfilled and that says, this is not really, this is nice, but this is not doing it for you. I mean, if you're poor or, you know, not as wealthy as you'd like to be and you have that gnawing emptiness, at least there's a a feeling that you could by earning more money, or having more stuff, or impressing more people, maybe fill it up. <laughs> you know that uh, it, it's vain; it's uh, hope in vain, because that's not what fills the soul. That's not what fills the heart. But uh, at least you have some hope. But to be to be very wealthy, and still be empty. You know, or to be extremely wealthy, and depressed, as many are. Uh, again, reason for pathos, for uh, an ability to feel a sense of pity and compassion. So we need to, especially as Westerners, I think, uh, first of all, counsel ourselves and, and get a sense of how well integrated into my life is this idea of you know, money and stuff versus other ways of fulfilling ourselves. How how well integrated is the understanding that money and stuff won't do it and that I have to find another way to fulfill myself, which is basically love, happiness, kindness, gratitude, uh, thoughtfulness, expressions of of appreciation, giving, being generous, uh, caring about other people. That's the only thing that's going to fill you up. And, And obviously that's what we need more of in the society, and that is not on sale at Walmart. You can't pick that up off the shelf at uh, Neiman Marcus or Nordstrom's either. Uh, It it cannot be purchased like that old saw. uh, Some things money just can't buy, and it's true. So whenever you see, and in this economy you're going to see more and more, uh, TV articles, radio, newspaper, magazine articles, books, movies about your net worth and most of (laughs) most of what passes is human potential or personal development these days is how to be a millionaire or how to be a billionaire and that ain't going to do it for you I mean even if uh, trust me even if you had it uh, that's not going to fill you up so for somebody to pass themselves off as a personal development uh, person and the emphasis on stuff I don't care uh, who it is. I think some of these guys that we can name off at the top, you know, the Tony Robbins and the Zig Ziglars and Brian Tracy and Stephen Covey, and uh, these guys lead with the emphasis on material things because they know that's what sells. The film The Secret, uh, introducing the law of attraction to millions of people around the world, still has an inappropriate emphasis on attracting material things, they don't talk about uh, attracting peace in your life or love and harmony, or about using the law of attraction to create peace in the world, or, or, or teaching at the State Department a quality of diplomacy that that leads with a, a gentle hand rather than a club or a gun. And so we can promote this first for ourselves to get our own heads and hearts straight but then to challenge other people. Uh, You don't have to use the word pathetic, but but to challenge people. Say, well, you know, we all like stuff and we all like money, but beyond that, what are you doing to feed that craving? And so net worth is really up to you. Your personal value, your self-worth, is a function of something inside you. An attitude, And just as we've been uh, educated uh, to think of our value in terms of material stuff, even when it comes to our own personal image, we are taught to believe that, like children, we have to earn that from other people. And other people are busy trying to earn their sense of being okay, their acceptance, and their love from other people. Also made reference to this classic codependence emotional dependence. I need your love to feel loved. I need your respect to feel respected, and it's backwards. Many of you have heard me say countless times uh, to bring up the example of the oxygen mask on the airplane. you know make sure yours is on and working. And you're getting air before you go about helping other people. It might be well-intentioned to want to help other people first and put yourself last, but it's backwards. You've always got to put yourself first. That's not a selfish thing to do. This is such a hard lesson for so many of us to learn. You are the most important person in your life. You must be the primary supplier of your own acceptance you've got to learn to love and trust and respect yourself if you're going to be worth a hoot to other people. And so your net worth, your self-worth, your value or your image of yourself is totally up to you. And I presume that in varying degrees we all know that. That's why we're here uh, listening to this teleconference on a Sunday afternoon. It's... uh, of the wisdom traditions, the ageless and ancient wisdom traditions of all cultures and all philosophies, that we put truth ahead of the appearance of things. That who we are, our uniqueness and our individuality must be rated or ranked as superior to the external world. And indeed, in the ancient Greek culture, well, the, the, the Chinese and, and Middle East and African as well, uh, these very old cultures always had an understanding. The Greeks wrote about it extensively. I'm more familiar, of course, as are you, I presume, with Western culture. They thought that the the material world, the external world, was could not could not be a world of truth because it kept changing. Uh, how could how could something continue to change and have any kind of truth in it or or any substance? It's a word they often used. It was not substantial. The Greek Heraclitus uh, uh, wrote the famous quotation: "No person ever steps in the same river twice." Think about that. Nobody steps in the same river twice. Jump down, turn around, the river has flushed itself. It's a different river now. And so, even if we look on the electromagnetic, the molecular, or subatomic level, you see particles that are seemingly spinning around and gyrating and caught up in these magnetic fields. As we know more about quantum mechanics, it's not so much that these tiny particles are spinning or dancing, they're really flashing into and out of existence. Uh, It's too difficult the implications of that for most people to handle, so we've just ignored 70 years of (laughs) of quantum physics, but we have the empirical proof that the physical world is a world of appearance. It's just like a movie. It's just flashing. There's nothing substantial or real about it. Do not invest in it in a major way, uh, certainly a significant way, but in the end it's all just an appearance of things it's mortal material stuff does not last, and so the alternative of course is to find substance, that which is substantial, to find truth within that which is eternal and immortal and everlasting which is our conscious awareness, not even our thoughts so much, as our ability to, to to choose, to reason, to comprehend our awareness. And to realize that is to realize the self. Self-awareness is not, how do I look in, in these black slacks? It's, <laughs> what do I care about, and why do I care? What do I care about? And why do I care? Who you are is not only, uh, let's see, how I say this? Not only is it not, a lot of negatives in there, not only is it not a function of the material world and the stuff that we've acquired, but it's really not so much a matter of what we think about ourselves. Identity is found more in what we care about what we love or what we don't love even what scares us and frightens us and confuses us is useful in creating opportunities to realize to understand If this scares me i know that i'm confused about it that's what fear is it's 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 not danger it's confusion it's things unknown so everything that hurts me emotionally or scares me is something I don't know, and at the center is something I don't know about me. So thoughts are far too, because of the nature of logic being reductionist or, or, or uh, you know, take apart, separative. Uh, you use logic to understand yourself. You're just going to end up criticizing yourself. So many people then go back to acquiring material stuff. So it's not the external world that that defines your value or creates your self-image, and it really should not even be what you think of yourself. It's what you care about. Okay, You are what you care about. Why do you care about the things that you care about? Why are you listening to this teleconference call this morning? Why did you make it a point to set aside this time? to uh to be with us. I want to say hi to a few others who've come on board, Robert in Orange County and uh John in the San Fernando Valley. And uh let me see if I can get to some of these questions now and comments. And you can still do that if you're on the web rather than the telephone. Uh I've got a queue here going, but I'm gonna roar through it as quickly as I can. And comment on some of these questions, and, and comment on your comments as you type them in and hit the submit button. Be sure to include the first name at least and the city where you are. It's a kick for me to know uh, where you're coming from. And yeah, I'm going to build this. I want you to tell your friends about it. I want you to forward the links and the email. You can send people to my website and have them click on the big newsletter button, and uh get the email newsletter and invitations to this uh, conference. But uh, I'm uh, I'm excited about it. I like it. This is only the third one we've done, and I want to grow this audience and, uh, and build it. I think it's cool. And uh, if KPFK is going to play games while they pay salaries to people who should not be receiving salaries, who should be volunteering, and yet they don't have money for equipment, then so be it. Then we'll find a way around it, and if they get their heads straight over there, well we'll, well, we'll we'll reconsider. But we have this amazing technology; uh, let's use it. Okay, so uh, let me go to some of these comments. Uh, John in Pittsburgh says, uh, Hiya, Michael. I'd like to know about using meditation to discover a career's calling." and passion, and what type of of, uh, visualization or technique? Great question. First of all, there's two reasons, essentially, two general categories of reason why we would want to close our eyes and relax. Uh, Two reasons to meditate uh, or practice some form of self-hypnosis or visualization. One is... The, to use the law of attraction more effectively, to visualize what you already want as if you have it. Uh, stop smoking, for example. We use meditation or self-hypnosis and the hypnosis to have people imagine themselves already free from the addiction to tobacco. Uh, this, again, you have learned of in The Secret and other similar books on manifestation Uh, often, again, limited to material things, but it can be used for opportunity, uh, to create relationship, uh, circumstance, uh, peace in the world, uh, uh, as well as the material thing. The second reason is to find out what you want. So, the first would be, well, if I already know what I want, then I visualize having it in the alpha brainwave level of meditation and hypnosis and visualization, guided imagery, yoga, martial arts. But if you don't know what you want, and this is John's question. Career is calling. I, I, jeez, here I am. I may be 30, 40, 50, 60, and I still don't know what I want to do when I grow up. Or maybe we did, and we did it for a while, and it was fine, but it's time to move on and do something else. Well, this would be that second kind of problem, wouldn't it? the kind of problem where I don't know what I want. Because if I did, I'd close my eyes and, and visualize myself already having it and feel the, the passion and the enthusiasm of, of as, as if I already had it, and then open my eyes and take uh, action steps to help bring that about. So this other kind of problem is more receptive, closing your eyes, relaxing, and... I would just say, John, career is calling, is about expressing the self, who you are, as I just said a minute ago, based on what you care about. Uh, Use questions in your meditation, like, uh, if I already had all the money I could ever possibly need, tens of millions of dollars in the bank, Oh you want more, okay hundreds of <laughs> hundreds of millions of dollars in the bank, and you've already traveled the world and you have a house on every continent, and you've got seventeen cars and all the yachts and all of your toys, and you're bored silly one day, you're laying out by the pool, bored to tears. What would you do? It's a great line, I think Tony Robbins gets uh, credit for it, that uh, there are no boring lives, only boring people. There are no boring lives, only boring people. Life is what you make it. It's like looking at an empty canvas or a blank sketch pad and saying, this is boring. It's boring because you haven't done it. <laughs> we haven't put anything out there. Uh John hasn't said that his life was boring, but uh, uh, you understand the sense of what I'm talking about here. What do we care about? And that may take some reflection. You may even want to reflect on childhood. What did we dream about as children? When did we give up those dreams? Why did we give up those dreams? Often because they didn't seem very practical. They didn't seem very realistic. Or we had parents or other people around us telling us that it was more realistic to release your dreams and lower your vision to something more realistic. Take a job you hate just to make money. Everybody else is doing jobs they hate just to make money. Why not you? When did you kill your dream? When did you stop dreaming? Because that's when your life became a nightmare. Okay. Don't want to be too either or-ish here, but that's what we want to do is rekindle. Go back. Imagine yourself. Speaking more specifically to John now, imagine yourself as a little boy with dreams of what you're going to do when you grow up, of things that you thought were really cool, uh golly gee. uh if you went to the library, what was the section you ran to to get books on okay uh, and just begin to think in terms of if I could do anything I want, if I could be anything as career that I want uh I mean you've tried everything else right we've We've all tried doing jobs we hate, and some people grow tragically pathetically. <laughs> grow old and die doing jobs they hate, but they take great pride in the fact that I sacrificed my life for you, I threw my life away to make money for you. Well, come on, why not? Wouldn't you make more money doing something you love to do? Of course. Wouldn't there be more fulfillment, more happiness? And In fact, wouldn't you be better at doing something you loved to do? Isn't that where excellence, not only happiness and fulfillment, But isn't that where excellence would be found in doing something that you really love to do? So I would say for most of us the problem in this regard is is approaching it with the head and trying to reason. And that's a deductive process where you start with a, a menu of possibilities and eliminate what you do not want. That's what happens inevitably when you use the mind to try to or logic, I'll say, to try to discover something like this. What if it's not on the menu? What if what you would love to do as a career, what if your calling, is just not on the menu? You haven't you haven't dreamed it up yet. It's not on the menu. Uh, you wanted Chinese food and you're in a Mexican restaurant. You're not going to find, you know, kung pao chicken on on that menu, right? Uh, so. To dream, to let go, to sit back in your meditation as if you're in a movie theater and just watch what comes up as you move deliberately, though effortlessly, to the part of you that cares, the part of you that loves, the part of you that appreciates beauty and harmony. And just ask yourself, in those states of deep relaxation, what do I love? What do I care about? And why do I love this? And why do I care about this? And then do something most people never do, wait for an answer. Sit quietly and wait for the answer. I always get a kick out of Western prayer because people use it to petition God but they never stick around for the answer. They, they jump up and and go about their business asking for some physical sign. You know, I want a rainbow in the sky. I want thunder and lightning. I want deliberate irony. Uh, Give me a sign in the physical world. Well, how about just sitting there quietly and waiting for an answer to come back from wherever it comes from, from within you, from the so-called subconscious, or from your own overshadowing soul, or depending on whether you're a religious person, you may have a sense of, of ancestors being available to you as guides, of ascended masters or or saints or whatever is your belief system. There's help upstairs, if you would, or maybe in a better sense, within you, deep within you, those answers exist. And 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 I would also say, begin with the assumption that you cannot have a problem that does not have the solution enfolded within it. Just like every piece of fruit has within it, or vegetable for that matter, has within it the seeds to replicate itself, life is rigged. The game is rigged. If you have a problem, I mean, even a raindrop has to condense around the seed, a little piece of dust or something, or it could not be a raindrop. Um, and so, for snowflakes and such uh these ideas, these realizations need to coalesce around something, and the best way to get there is to ask these good questions and open your heart and consider that you cannot have a problem that doesn't have a solution within it, especially a big crisis like what is my value, what is my worth uh who am I really is a unique being? Look, nobody's got this DNA. What are the implications of that? And just hold your heart open and be fascinated, intrigued by your uniqueness, and it will come forward little by little, bit by bit, or sometimes all at once in a very explosive kind of a fashion. So there you go. I think that's a great question. Um uh, one of the very first comments or questions that I had is from Hans in Nevada, and he's a television reporter who occasionally has bouts of performance anxiety, stage fright, and wanted to talk about that. This is uh, this is sort of like uh, an anxiety attack. Uh, they're often called panic attacks. Uh, in the 50s, they used to be called nervous breakdowns. So, Have <laughs> you ever wondered, what's a nervous breakdown? It's a panic attack. It's an anxiety attack. It's a stress attack. And again, it's the result. Listen to this clearly. It's a very important concept. It's a result of the brain or the autonomic parts of the mind trying to protect you from what it perceives as danger, like I'm standing in front of a camera or behind the microphone. I mean, this is the greatest fear in the world. My partner Steve has a a hilarious line that I'll steal from him this morning because he steals from me, and we happily share our insights with each other, but he says, you know, the fear of public speaking is the greatest fear in the world, according to surveys and studies and uh, the classic Wallace book of lists. There is no greater fear for most people than standing up in public, doing what I'm doing now, or Hans as a TV reporter, or uh, to stand up and make a speech, or uh, even you know, even uh, to have somebody call on you in class can be a terrifying experience. Well. It's because, first of all, we put such emphasis on what other people think about us, and the truth is you don't know, Uh, especially if if the audience in front of you is not live. That's one of the challenges of TV and radio. We don't have live audiences. I don't know if you guys are really, really into this and and holding on to every word, or maybe half of you have fallen asleep. I know you haven't gone away, because I have my counter, but I don't have that feedback. Okay? And so, uh, if, if we understand that this is just the brain trying to protect us from danger, that in things unknown, like what do other people think, for example, how do they perceive me, what do they think of me, all of that is experienced by the brain, or the subconscious mind is potentially dangerous. And so, we're ready. We, we we get put into a fight-or-flight mode, and our breathing gets very shallow, and we begin to carry muscular tension. We get these butterflies in the stomach as a result of heart palpitations. Our pulse goes up. Our blood pressure goes up. Our pupils actually dilate because... What's happening to you, Hans, or anybody else that experiences performance anxiety is you are being prepared to either fight the danger or run like hell. Okay. That's why exercise is often described as a great stress reducer because it mimics having survived the fight or the flight. Don't you see? And so after you're done, it's... (sighs) Oh, phew, I guess I escaped the danger. I beat it off or I ran away, fight or flight. Ah, oh, and I've survived and now I can relax and breathe. Well, obviously not an appropriate way of dealing with performance anxiety. You, you can't run off stage or run off camera and do some exercise, but you can do some slow, deep breathing. Okay, and that's the most important is to just practice, in the moment, slow, deep breathing. There is a second strategy that I would recommend, which is using a meditation or guided imagery or visualization exercise before the event, before you stand in front of the camera, before you go to work that day, or before your radio show or your public speech. And take yourself through relaxation and slow deep breathing to an imaginary place that's beautiful and peaceful and safe and fantasize, if you will dream imagine yourself there and from that place doing the performance and doing it well and feeling easy and graceful so that it registers in the body so that every cell of the body much less the brain itself understands this is what we're looking for. This is how it feels. And rehearse that before the fact. It's just like sports psychology. We have one technique for rehearsing our practice in our mind's eye before an event and then another one to use during the event. So while you're on camera and while they're counting down and checking levels and and getting all ready for you to do your stand-up, uh, just do some nice, slow, deep connected breathing. That's about the best that you can do. Try to hang loose and think positively about how well you've done in the past and that other people say you look well, that, that you, you look, you're look, you doing well and you look like you're doing a great job. Uh, begin to work on accepting uh, their reassurance in this rehearsal state. So do both. Nice, slow, deep breathing and, and just during the event, feeling as relaxed and and confident as possible, even if you think you're just faking it, all right? And then before the event, do some rehearsal as well, just like sports psychology and, and practice. An exercise I give public speakers, and this would work for you too, I think, Hans, is um, to think of yourself, uh, first of all, in an audience, watching yourself on stage, uh, whether you're an actor or a singer, a dancer, a public speaker, whatever the case may be, see yourself in these meditations from the audience on stage doing a good job. Okay, and be in the audience, the best seat in the house, and there you are on stage doing whatever it is, or in your case, uh, it could be imagine you behind the camera as a kind of a field director watching yourself and saying he's doing a pretty good job, you know, and he's getting better every report that he does. And then after a couple of minutes of imagining or visualizing that, then move within yourself and have the similar experience from the inside, only now you add in emotional feelings of confidence and ease and elegance. You put a smile on your face, uh Oh, you know, another tip, I presume you know, but you may not, Um, we do it in radio, and I think it's a good television tip also, is imagine you talking to one person, that somebody who really loves you or cares about you is the only person watching you on television or listening to you on the radio, and talk to that one person that you know uh, is biased and already on your side. They think everything you do is wonderful. And, again, if you can imagine it, you can do it. If you can conceive it and believe it, you can achieve it. I'll say it again, Napoleon Hill, if you can conceive it in your mind's eye, practice, rehearse, daydream, and believe it, bring in the passion, the excitement, the enthusiasm, then you can achieve it. And let's see. Let's take another one here before the top of the hour. And I do want to do a meditation exercise here though brief if you can stick around a little bit uh, back to the idea of self-worth in uh, Irvine Robert says our self-worth is, is based on how much we believe in our true selves, uh, making sure we're not constrained by our fear of the future or limitations of the past. that's that's notice, that's very Buddhist, very eckhart toll. He's bringing us into the only thing that's real, not the future, not the past, but the moment he goes on, he says, success is a measure of who you really are, not the things you have, live, love, and express joy, and you'll attract that to you abundance will follow, dead on, spot on couldn't have said it better myself thank you very much for that and, uh, let's see let me hit the refresh button, see if we have any final comments, a lot of these are just hi, hello nice to hear from you and, uh Good, thank you. All right. I guess what we'll do, uh, because we're almost at the top of the hour, I've set this up to go uh, up to 90 minutes so we have time here. And uh, I want to respect your time. But I would like to do a little exercise. A lot of folks really like this part of the program, like this part of the teleconference. And uh, yet before we do that, I want to call your attention to to just a couple of things real quickly um i've never been more excited about anything i've done in my life as i am about the podcast finding yourself in paradise and this is obviously a play on words it's about finding your self your true self your higher self your better nature and finding that where in paradise does that mean you have to come to Maui or or go to a pine forest up in the sierras uh, Uh, Well, that would be nice, but we're talking not so much about a destination or a location as a level of mind or consciousness, the alpha brainwave level, Uh, and that's where to find yourself. So the name of the podcast, Finding Yourself in Paradise, is a chance to listen to a conversation. I don't know any place else in the human potential or personal development movement where The material that's provided to you, if it's not written, but rather spoken, uh, is not provided by a single individual talking, as I am here today. Sure, this is interactive, but still, uh, what's different about this podcast, and I think quite remarkable, is that you get to eavesdrop on Steve and me uh, talking about a particular topic each week, so a, a different aspect of of our potential, of our identity, of who we are and what we're for, and how to discover and develop that sense of self, Uh, to realize, boy, I love that word, to realize who you are and what you're for, and then open your eyes and take action on that and be the person that you were meant to be in career, as John was asking about from Pittsburgh, or in every other area of your life. Uh, relationships and your hobbies and avocations and and uh, spare you know other spare time activities. What do you care about? Why do you care about them? This is different. You get to listen to the two of us chatting, and it's a dynamic that has been missing. There's nothing like it that I've ever heard anyplace in the world, and uh, we have a way now of putting it on the internet. But moreover downloading it automatically into your computer. It's called a podcast. You do not need an iPod or any other portable device to listen. You can listen at your leisure, at your convenience, on your computer, PC, Mac, Linux system, whatever you got. uh, will download it automatically. You don't have to come and get it every week. That's all a podcast is. And you need a podcatcher. Most people use iTunes. That's a great way to organize music. It's a free download. You can uh, make uh, CDs. You can convert file formats. It's a great little free program that Apple has put together. It also supports the iPod if you happen to get one of those. And so just by going to apple.com, you can download for your Mac or PC uh, iTunes. And there's other podcatchers out there. If you need some help, let me know. We'll point you in the right direction. But that's the easy part. Once you get that free software on your computer, just go to focusedpassion.com. You can press, as soon as we're done, press the button on the bottom right of the screen that says subscribe to podcast. And for 99 cents, you get this program put on your computer. There's no contract. You could unsubscribe at any time. We can't imagine why you'd want to and it'll just, once a week, be put right into your uh, uh, podcatcher, your iTunes uh, music program, so to speak, Your uh, this audio program, about an hour in length every week, including, we call them audio journeys, including a meditation exercise, and you can save them, archive them, and uh, benefit from what Steve and I both think is the best stuff we've ever done. And I... I, I I would also suggest to you, and we're going to talk more about this in the future, that this is a way of really making a difference in terms of waging peace. We feel frustrated, so many of us, that we can't do more to create a peaceful world. And yet, most of us just want to change, again, the appearance of the world around us. And the idea of changing the world from the inside out is not discussed by very many people. So to wage peace to us means to wage inner peace, to first of all, practice these exercises like the one I'm about to do for you. It'll be brief, but it's powerful, and it puts you in touch with a peaceful place, a powerful, peaceful place. And that's not a contradiction, the idea that that power is about violence and explosions and chaos and mayhem. like the word anarchy, anarchy is freedom it doesn't mean violence, it's just a, uh, an interpretation and, and power doesn't mean violence or force uh, there's a g- enormous power in peace, it's the power of love it's the power that religion tries to rally, only they keep slipping down the slope and promoting war <laughs> uh, which is part of the frustration of religion uh, what an irony right? You organize religion around the idea of peace and then you kill people that disagree. It it may be the supreme irony in all of our human institutions. So wage inner peace. Subscribe to this program for just 99 cents a week. It's not a lot of money, but it pays our broadband fees. And then uh, share it with your friends. Tell your friends about it. Wage inner peace. So... FocusedPassion.com, anytime. Remember the E-D, that's FocusedPassion.com. Or just click on the button at the bottom. Right under that is a link to take you to my website, and I encourage you to go there when you can also. all right. In the future, I'll have Steve Snyder call in on these programs every once in a while and maybe talk a little bit more about Focused Passion. And uh, By the way, once you subscribe, if you have any problem in the interim getting iTunes running or Maybe you have an old operating system or something. You can always listen to it streaming from our website as well. But uh, most people like the auto-download. And then if you do have a portable player, you can listen on the the iPod or other portable player. It's pretty slick. Okay, so let's, uh, let's put the ribbons on this. Let's take just a couple of minutes to relax. First of all, get comfortable. If it's your habit to listen to this on the telephone, think about getting a headset so you can put the phone beside you. and Just sit back and relax and close your eyes. And take a nice, slow, deep breath or two. As you inhale, imagine yourself pulling in strength and power. As you exhale, feel the letting go and know the power of peace, the power of letting go. And after two or three nice slow deep breaths then begin to create and sense throughout your body a feeling of deep relaxation. I like to say imagine that you're butter on a warm day and from the top of your head to the soles of your feet you just slowly soften yielding to a feeling of being really safe, giving yourself permission even if only for five or ten minutes to feel like time stands still, there's nothing else you need to do in just a few minutes when we wrap up this call well, you can get busy and you can worry and you can feel behind and you can Pretend you're really more disorganized than you'd like to be. You can have all that anxiety in a few minutes if you'd like, but see if you can just put it down, even if only for five or ten minutes. Even imagine yourself in your mind's eye with your ability to dream and to imagine and make things up. Imagine yourself in a beautiful paradise. In a place of perfect peace. Where you can hear not only the sound of my voice, but birds singing. There. See how easy that is to imagine? Do it again. Imagine birds singing. See? That's all there is to it. And the wind and the trees and the fragrances of nature. Wherever you find yourself. In the tropics, in a pine forest, high in a mountain or deep in a valley, just dream it up. But it's green and it's beautiful and you feel safe. And find a place to sit, maybe next to a little lake, with a surface as smooth as glass. in a cool, shady, forested place, or perhaps in a warm, sunny meadow. And you can even feel the gentle warmth of the sun or the coolness of the shade. And the gentle breezes from time to time, the feeling you're making this up is exactly the right feeling. And I'd like you to consider Maybe you've heard me tell the story before, but in any event, whether it's new or you've heard it before, consider the story of the bakery in Big Sur, California, with the big sign that's been there for years, and it says, Chew your food well. If you don't, who will? And it's sort of cute, and it's sort of funny, but it's really profound care about yourself if you don't who will (laughs) you don't care about yourself others aren't going to care about you maybe we're doing it backwards by trying to get other people to care about us so that we then have permission from them to care about ourselves turn it around, care about yourself it won't make you selfish You're not a selfish person. Care about yourself. Think of yourself as a little child if you have resistance or feelings of being unworthy or unlovable. Go back as far as you need to, maybe to birth. And remember, there are no bad babies. There are no stupid babies. There are no pathetic babies. They're just these creatures born of love, seeking a connection, for they find themselves now in separated bodies. And the first thing we do is reach out, reach out, embrace yourself as a baby, embrace yourself as a child. Embrace yourself as a teenager. Oh, weren't those tough years? Give yourself as a teenager a hug. And for just a moment, be the parent that knows enough to say, you're doing a great job, it's not easy to be a teenager. Take that in, drink it in. Do for yourself what didn't happen nearly enough when we were teenagers and young adults and think of all the mistakes we made in, in, in relationship and in career but have some compassion for yourself love yourself for the suffering you went through to learn the lessons you've learned embrace yourself, love yourself and now begin to consider just to reflect as of looking into a mirror in the middle of your being, reflect upon, what do I care about? What's important to me in the world? If I had millions of dollars in the bank and never had to worry about money, what would I spend my time doing? exercise that you can easily repeat no great mystery about it but there is wonderful magic within it when we relax stand receptive and open at any time you want to deepen take another slow deep breath feel yourself letting go as you exhale dream, your mind will quiet. With practice, all those voices competing for attention will begin to fall away. You don't need to quiet the mind to meditate. We do this to quiet the mind. Let's get the pony in front of the cart here. And tell yourself, I can do this, I can repeat this, I can come back here maybe every day for ten minutes or so. I could return to this beautiful place in my mind's eye where I feel so safe and so relaxed and dream about myself as worthy of love. Even if you don't know exactly why. Be careful. The mind is going to try to pull you in the direction of reason. Just let it go and stay with the feeling. Of what if I was lovable? Wouldn't I know it? And if I don't chew my food well, who will? If I don't love myself, who will? If I don't respect my individuality, who will? It's got to begin with me. To increase maximize my service to other people so that I am more able to give be the master of your destiny the president of your fan club you are the main entree in your life you're the most important thing that's happening in your life even if you have children that you love beyond life itself or a lover who you would in a heartbeat, give your life to protect. Still, to be the best you could be for them requires you to put yourself first. Reflect on this. To care about yourself. If you don't, who will? Get the order done. First you give to yourself, and then you give to others. Care for yourself. That you might be better at serving others. The wisdom of the ages, I didn't make it up. It's from time out of mind. It's not just psychology. It's the wisdom of all the ancient cultures and societies in the world. To be tender and gentle with yourself. To know thyself. To Shakespeare said, this above all, to thine own self be true. Who is that? Not what you think of yourself. Certainly not what others think. It's what you care about. What you love. That you care at all. For it's often not logical to care. And that's fun. Two ways to know and understand. Thoughts about everything outside of you heartfelt caring about everything inside of you. And bring these feelings with you, effortlessly, gently. As you imagine yourself floating up, moving toward the sound of my voice, bring the sense of peace with you back into the waking state. And take a nice, slow, deep breath as it feels appropriate for you. And as you exhale, open your eyes wide awake and alert, rested and refreshed, feeling fine, and looking forward to doing that again, maybe even once a day. Wouldn't that be nice to set aside five or ten minutes once a day just to check in with yourself in an imaginary place of perfect peace and see what you care about, get your priorities straight. Stop putting yourself last. It's a nice intention to care about other people more than yourself. It just doesn't work. It's just backwards. Again, like the air mask in the airplane. If you went around trying to help everybody else but you didn't have your air mask on, it's a nice intention, beautiful sacrifice, but foolish and unnecessary. It's just backwards. All right, gang, well, that's it for this week's Ageless Wisdom teleconference. Again, tell your friends they can always use this link to hear a recorded replay, and the archive of all the past programs is on our website at michaelbetter.com or theagelesswisdom.com. And as I pull the plug on this, uh, I'd like you to consider clicking, even if only to explore our Focused Passion website, click on the button Subscribe to Podcasts and uh, there's a little video there that you can watch of Steve and I in Maui, and uh, you can learn more about the program. There's even a link on the page, What's a Podcast, that will tell you how that all works. So check it out, and uh, if you do like what you see, then you can subscribe for only 99 cents. Thank you very much for listening. And uh, as I like to say in conclusion, at the end of every program, be gentle and love life. Take care of each other, and be sure and join us next week. I'll send you an email to invitation about Friday, okay? And tell your friends about the Ageless Wisdom teleconference here uh, every Sunday afternoon, okay? Different link each time. So, thank you and aloha, aloha nui loa, from Maui, Hawaii. The moderator has disconnected. The call will now end. Welcome to the conferencing service. Please enter your conference ID followed by the pound sign. Thank you. Please hold while we validate your conference Thank you. Please hold while we validate your conference ID. Conference ID accepted. The moderator has not.